You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie and I'm here with Christy and we have a special guest today. And a little thing before we start, just to let you all know, we liked our guest so much we had to have him back again for the second time. <laughs> no, we're actually recording this again because we messed up the recording first time. Not perfect. Um, your host recorded over his file. So there's I had two to hosts, go back. So let's make sure we know which host. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's make sure we know. That would be Debbie. <laughs> Debbie recorded over the file. So we have Sean back. We're just going to, we're just going to tell you it's Sean Colick. Hey, it's me. Our um, your last name is what? What is your last Czechoslovakian. name? Oh, oh, Czechoslovakian. That makes yeah. sense. Ka- it's Kalik. Kalik. Yeah. Ka- but people it's say pronounced it pronounced like the baby thing. Yeah. Oh, like the sick. good way to remember it. Yeah, but I got no one ever gets it right. But they will now because you put something that we can Mm, kind of before we say it go. Oh, baby, colic, Sean, colic, hey, he acts like a baby professionally. Yeah, Yeah. okay. (laughs) But when we first recorded the first one, we had a conversation that actually was kind of fun that I wanted to do again. We weren't sure. Christy wasn't sure if she wanted to, but we talked her into it. Yeah, that pre-show prep meeting. Yeah, (laughs) it was a doozy. The one where you, just all the creativity writing on the wall that does not happen around here. That's good. And so um, we talked about because Christy shared a story. Why, did, why, a did, I sh- story. why did I share that story? Where did it start with? I don't. Oh. Was it a word of the day? Yeah. And then it ended up being and about your professor. <laughs> Her eyes More twitching already. <laughs> so you, one of your first classes was a theology class where the professor talked about Calvinism. But he didn't say Calvinism because it, the DTS is not a Calvinistic school. Right. At all. Like it's not spoken of in that way. So he was putting all this stuff up there and I, my mind was going crazy. Yes. And it was not a fun experience for you. No, because I even remember looking around and nobody else was like shifting in their seat like I was or writing down or being like their eyebrows were like, what the heck is he talking about? They're all just taking yeah, notes, whatever. Been there, soaking it up, the or they're just so young they don't even know what they believe <laughs> is really was my takeaway after the fact of like, oh, y'all are just soaking up what he's saying like it's the gospel where I'm like, this is not what I've been taught my whole life or what? I remember him, he even introduced the second the second Adam oh. is spoken about in the yeah. in the New Testament. And I was like, second Adam, this is heresy. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then he opened up the Bible and I was like, oh, two Adams. yeah, I was like, oh, OK, simmer down, Christy. <laughs> Lots of self-talk. Lots of self-talk. But what he was putting on the board was tulip. And I remember going and leaving and crying at lunch with Bridget and Corey and being like, yo, I don't even know what I'm doing. I quit. And they were like, okay, we'll quit. And I was like, that's not what you're supposed to say. <laughs> but we did walk through that. So y'all can explain the tulip part. Sometimes I feel like people who are super sold in a tulip can be not very nice. Yeah. Can be unkind. Because, totally. Yeah. And so. Which is we, sad because you should be sold on the Bible. Yeah. 
for sure. And mm-hmm. the different doctrines and there. And Tulip, not... I think, is just man's way of describing God's sovereignty in kind of a little more specific detail. But um, so I enjoy like those discussions. I don't enjoy it when people get nasty. Get nasty. And so mm-hmm. what I liked was like about your story was you had a hard. It's hard to hit on those things that smack us in the face and go, everything I've based some things on seems like this is hitting against that bad. And then, and you're going, you're about to start seminary too. You were about to start this big, your first class. (laughs) First class. (laughs) What the heck? And that's a big topic. But then yet you went ahead, you persevered and you got through all your classes and you graduated. You didn't let that stop Which is kind of like the pea and tulip. It is. Perseverance (laughs) in the saints. Way to go, Christy. I don't know. (laughs) So I liked that story, but, and we were able to have a conversation about it and be kind to each other, but. Tulip is what? Total depravity. So it's saying this yeah. is what Christians need to understand. This is what this is a the Christian Calvinistic is. Calvinistic view. Yeah. Because there's Arminianism, there's Calvinism. Yeah. And that, I think that's my problem is I hate all labels. Yeah. So I'm like, this is stupid. Why are you wasting time? Free well, choice, then, free will. Like, and it then, segments it down because yes. like Tulip is like a five point. Yep. Understanding yep. of theology. Right. And like some people are like, oh, I'm a five pointer. And some are like three and a half. And it's like. Okay, well, now we're getting kind of lost in the weeds of that. Yes, thank you. That's what I hate. Yeah. I hate weeds, number one. But that's <laughs> yeah. the other part. Don't we Same. Yes, I don't like that. Just <laughs> keep it real yeah, and, and keep it simple. And people yeah. do like to, I think when they're, um, I think there's scripture to back up all five mm-hmm. of the points. The but issue the scripture is more... in context of all the scriptures around them? And I would say yes, which is why I think there's a lot to what he says. However, what I'm leaving room for is human error mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're humans. We're not going to know this perfectly. We're not going to understand it perfectly. And I think there is an element mm-hmm. of going, even when you understand like the T is total depravity. I think most people agree with that, that we're all messed up. We're born. That just means we're born sinners. Like yeah. there's nothing you can and do. Like, there's no part of life that's unaffected. Exactly. By the, the downfall of sin. Exactly. Why put the T in front of total depravity? Why not just we're depraved? Why does it have to be, because that would depraved. be dulip, and that's weird. <laughs> and that's my point. <laughs> or depravity, Why not just you stick could with say depravity. I'm depraved in this area. Total means what you said, Yeah, Sean. there's no part total that's Total means untouched. there's uh-huh. no part that's untouched. Yeah, you have to have fractured the total. everything. Absolutely. But that's depravity, though. That's just the word in itself is depravity. Yeah, but you're making it too simple. It has to be complicated. There we yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just super simple. You gotta argue, you gotta the argue everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. This is so fun. Okay. Everything. I'm gonna ask questions from my simple point of view because I think there's some women that are like, I don't understand this, and that's or why does it at. matter? Like, or why does it matter? Like, we're also studying an important question. Yeah. It also is, but question. you can still take things away from things that don't matter. Like, we're studying the millennial right now, like in Revelation 19:20, mm-hmm. and some people are like, it just doesn't matter. I'm like, actually, it doesn't matter, but it's just fun. Like have mm-hmm. fun. What can we learn from God yeah. by just understanding this? Yes, yeah. that's. I mean, what you can I do that with any part of the Bible. Absolutely. Like you can look totally. at genealogies and go, "Why does it matter?" Well, oh, that the, I would argue that's huge. Yeah, it totally. Like, you matters. look at the people; it's like, yes. wow, there's so much gospel just in like where yes. Jesus came from. Yeah, but I remember having my quiet times, like as a you know teenager or college yeah. kid, and man, I would skim right. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, guess great. I can yep. just go over this really fast. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. Adam, that blah 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 blah. Joseph, Jesus, I know these. Yes. But now, yeah, is that you're putting it all together as an adult in ways that are like with these aha moments that Mm -hmm. are fun. So So. explain, continue down tulips to the people that are listening, and then we do have to get to Sean's story. We do because we're not. This is not a bouquet of tulips we're going through. We're going to go through one tulip, (laughs) just a single tulip. So I said total gravity. You is 
feel like we're figuring this out as we go right yeah. now. This is great. Well, I'm, Sean and I have it. talked about our memory. I just want it. you guys to know that I'm not Googling this, but the other two are. I, we, <laughs> I am. We want I'm a, to I'm make sure sit in Google. that we are But now I need to because I know someone's going to fact check Unconditional us. Unconditional election. Unconditional election. Okay. Limited yeah. atonement. Which we said that first, didn't we? Unconditional yeah. election. Re- irresistible grace and the perseverance of the saints. Yeah. Okay. So we were we got close And enough. so some of those it's like you don't have a problem with. No. Them. Okay. Exactly. Perseverance of the saints. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Irresistible you're, grace. Yeah. I got, you're not Even gonna, though some people go half on that because yeah. they say you can resist it and say no. And that's your choice. Yeah. Whereas Calvin would say, once God gets hold of you, you cannot resist it. Like yeah. he softens your heart and you cannot, like a Paul, right? Mm-hmm. That it's God's choice to enter in. It's not yours. And once he does, mm-hmm. that's it. You're saying yes, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where people go, oh, I don't, mm-hmm. yeah. you can still that's say me. no. You can still say no. But that's where people it's get upset choice. too, because that's the whole election thing. Like mm-hmm. God decides, he decides who he goes after heart wise. And there will people, there are people he will not go after. Which is why people get upset at Calvinism. Yeah. I think he doesn't go after him too because he ultimately knows they have they have turned their backs on the on him multiple times. But so it doesn't that say that. Doesn't. That's not what it says. It's almost like the Esau and Jacob story. Mm-hmm. But before they were even born, Esau or Jacob I loved, Esau I hated, before they were even out of the womb. Yeah. But he still blessed Esau in life and Jacob in life. Yeah, but Esau is Esau in heaven. I don't know. I'm just saying either. Esau still got blessings later in life or in life or while he was on he got earth. Riches. Yeah. He got riches. It's fun to have those conversations. I think if you want to learn and you push each other on to learn, it's not fun. If people start making it, I have to beat you. Yeah. You have to agree with me or, or else you're wrong. You're and, wrong. And you're not even a crit. Like people would go so far yeah, to say, like this if you is, don't subscribe to this, you're right. not saying you're, you're not denying saying. an essential of the faith. Exactly. So you must not be elect. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I don't like those. I mean, it's, yeah. that's right. That's exactly yeah. where people I go with like that. Those. And that's when I think we get into this very big mm-hmm. issue that humans have, which is called pride. Yeah. You know? Well, and that, but that's part of like just the, the doctrine of election. Is, is I think where a lot of people get tripped up when it comes to Calvinism, like not knowing what the other things are. Like I said, some of those, it's easy for us to go, yeah, that makes sense. But like, and I had a problem with it, like in, in college, like what? There's no way. Right. But then when you read Ephesians yeah. and it talks about adoption and it talks about all of that stuff and that there's other parts in the New and Testament. And foreknowledge. Yeah. And... Like it's, it is like black and white, the word of God. It's like, it's obvious that that exists as a doctrine but then for us like like i think one of the ways it was described to me best was like we have like election in one hand and we have free will in the other in our minds those run parallel that's right right. they can't exist together so mathematically Mm -hmm. a parallel line is never going to intersect but then you have to believe that in the sovereignty of god somehow some way yep that defies what we perceive and it's like okay there is some kind of joining of that somehow that's right. somewhere mm-hmm. that's right i don't know so i'm not going to like good. stop my that's foot somehow, in the ground somehow. and be like you're elect or you're not the juxtaposition doesn't work very well yeah. in our heads a lot of mm-hmm. times cuz we're human we're mm-hmm. not god yeah right mm-hmm. and so but and we want to understand it through our systems we do which <laughs> is why order. we make things so through complicated yeah. hence christie's class yeah. 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 He did a great job putting it on the board. He just rocked my world. <laughs> so how were you in the class the rest of the semester? Fine. I just, he, <laughs> I don't know if he was fired or he quit after that <laughs> class, but he didn't teach after that class at the rest oh. of the semester. Wow. The rest of the, I mean, he's not even, now he's not even local. He was at a local church and he did awesome things at his church. Like he is an 
awesome pastor and preacher. Just I, it was me. It was a me thing. Mm. Just being overwhelmed. And so the rest of the class was fine, but I just was like, I gotta think about what he says. Yeah. That's good though. It was. I yeah. like that though. Like I like. I don't like it at the moment, mm-hmm. but I understand I'm learning and growing when my world is being rocked. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good thing. And then when things come at me, then I'm like, that does not make sense. And I still wrestle mm-hmm. with them. Like that, I don't still, like I can't get on board with Calvinism on all those 5.0s yeah. or really. But I also am like, but I know the Bible in the whole, and I know God's character and his, what he's done in mm-hmm. my life. That that to me, if you want to talk about it, that's great. But I mean, that's great. But I know what it says and what it says to me. Well, that's kind of where I like, am though with like preaching sure. yeah. is like, I want to push people out of the easy believism yeah you know it's like we take a passage that you're familiar with and it's mm-hmm. like oh you already know what this means no you don't yeah watch this right and i want like and and i'll do that over in the main worship service or in blue or whatever it's mm-hmm. like you have heard it this way yeah but let's let's make culture collide with what you think it means to your point about peeling things apart so this morning i was reading this um it's second corinthians 12 or 7 and it's talking about paul And so it talks about, um, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Yeah. I love it. I mean. But how often do we talk about the thorn in the flesh Mm. as though it's something that God gave us? And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is not from God. This is a messenger from Satan. So it's from God. It would say a messenger from Satan or a messenger of Satan, a messenger of God. And this is a messenger of Satan to harass me. And I think I even like the other word harass. Oh, it, in some versions it says to buffet me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, how often do we think about our thorn? How often do you use that? Oh, it's a thorn in the flesh mm-hmm. and think that it's actually something from Satan, not from God. Because I think so many people blame that on God. Well, I think what I, t- mm-hmm. I what I tend to hear, though, in that situation is more God could take it away if he wanted, and he doesn't. God could have sent that spirit away from Paul. Yes. God could have absolutely made the decision to make Paul's life easier. But he didn't. No. Because Paul, and Paul, in his maturity, understands that God is not going to remove everything that is difficult and sometimes he allows things that are difficult, but he has, he's like, because I need this so that I don't fill in the blank yeah, from Paul, right? All the time, exactly. So to him, that is worth it. It's worth, like, I love, I st- it doesn't keep me from loving my God, loving who he is, my creator, knowing he could take this away from me and he doesn't, but this, is, this does me good. This mm-hmm. So that my job here is better. Like I'm better for it. I write better for it. I understand people better for it. I love people better for it. Um, well, even when you go on. And so then I was kind of un- unwrapping all of this. And so so many people have said, well, what is the thorn in his flesh? <laughs> and it's not a physical ailment because the Greek word that's used there is not about physicality or physical ailments. It's about the emotional distress that he has. And it's in regards to other people that are causing him. Mm. So it's like the people, the, the poisons of people or problem people. And I think how so often stress, anxiety, all the, all the things then, that right? give you headaches. What's the wording? The things that give you headaches and distractions. Yeah. And that's what Satan does. He's going to go pepper people and have people that will then come into your life and cause problems in your life. And you have to realize, oh, okay, these are, Satan is actually using them to get to me in a bad way. Whether if you're in a leadership role, people saying, well, you're horrible, you suck, you don't know what you're doing, or why would you do this? Or if you're just a human 
excuse me, or a mom or a wife just living life. It's those challenges that we have with humans that he had. Paul had challenges with humans Mm -hmm. all the time. And not just outside the church, but even within In the big church. Yeah, he had sharp dispute with Barnabas, you know? Yes, all the time. <laughs> but imagine right? how arrogant Paul could have become. Could've. Yeah, could have. If he had not mm-hmm. had that, because he was revered mm-hmm. so much by well, people by the church. That was even part of church. his testimony, though. Because mm-hmm. he was like, you want to talk about law? I was flawless. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews yeah. of the tribe of Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, all of these things that are like, yeah. I could my be. My pedigree was great. Yes, my not, best my brain best, was great. Mm-hmm. But... Yep. I have yep. to stay yep. and understand God's power in my life mm-hmm. to overcome these messengers of Satan. Back to your point of talking about that. I thought that mm-hmm. was an interesting way to yeah. to unwind or unwrap mm-hmm. a verse this morning. That was I my tie-in. So That's good. Read. Well, and in the end, pride for man is one of the horrible parts of total depravity. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. So that was a fun intro. Yeah. How long was, was that? That was, long. That was, that was a good. I feel that like we need a commercial minutes, break. Like. Right? <laughs> Water break. We say, say hydrated. It's going to be a long one. <laughs> we have done longer, believe it or not. Um, so Sean Colick. Yeah. Tell us how um, you began. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Oh, my goodness. Family origin story coming up right now. Well, yeah. So I was born in Wichita, Kansas in 1982. The late 1900s, as my kids like to say. The late? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks, guys. That's really fun. I hate That's that awesome. you say that, but it's also true. It's so true. We're getting to that point. But uh-huh. yeah, I still think like 10 years ago is the 90s. But I do too. Why is that? Well, because that's where we want to go and yeah. it's happy for us. Yes. But it does. It just feels that's like That's back yesterday. when like Surge was well, still not, in the fountains. Don't use the word back when. No, back this is, those when. are my college years too. Those are my fave. Back in our so prime. <laughs> Even though um. children, I love you. I shouldn't say they're my fave. I had my kids after that, but still. But go yeah, ahead. so born in Kansas, um, moved to Texas when I was in kindergarten and then moved to Louisiana when I was in first grade and then back to Kansas. Um, and then, yeah, I grew up there and basically there's two things to do in Kansas. You either get in trouble or you play basketball. And so I picked up basketball and no big football in Kansas. Not really. It's, oh, it's not like here. Interesting. I played, um, one year, <laughs> like it, and it was not for me. But it's yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And like basketball is king in Kansas. And you liked basketball. Yeah, yeah, I did. I played from fourth grade through senior year, and just yeah, had a blast of doing it. But so mom and dad um, still together today. Mom goes to church. Dad wants nothing to do with Jesus. And you know we've tried and tried and tried and tried. He, I mean, he'll ask questions now. Like he likes stuff on the History Channel. So whenever they do like discoveries from the Bible. I'll just be like, do you have any questions about that? You know, and just kind of open, open the conversation up. But what's his hang up? Like, right. Cause some people have a hang up. The mm-hmm. reason why they don't like church or the reason why they don't like the Bible. What's his hang up? I think it's, he's, he's a, he has an engineering mind. Mm-hmm. So it's all, you know, I need evidence based. I need results. I need all this. So he's okay saying or consenting to, there could be a higher power. That's about as far as he'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if it's, I, was it, was his, did his parents or were they believers? His they, parents? well, they, they grew up forcing him to go to mass. So Catholic, <laughs> yeah. forced Catholic, forced yeah. religion. And so he, he skipped it one time and got in a car wreck. And so that's when like his parents were like, you've been skipping. Uh, and that's so karma. 
Yeah. <laughs> so mix it all together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so I think, I think that kind of did it in for him was just being forced to go. Um, and then, I don't know. It's just. So how did your parents meet? So she's bat went Baptist church. Great yeah. Baptist. Mm-hmm. She, she's been a believer like her whole life. Mm. Um, she was married before. Uh, I have a half brother, half sister that are way older. So then she got divorced, met my dad, um, through work. Okay. And, but she, yeah, she's been in the church her whole life, dragged me to church my whole life. I was the only toddler at business meetings in the church <laughs> I grew up in. Like, do I even have a vote? Like, <laughs> Put your hand So were you kind of an only child? Functionally. Yeah. Yeah. Basically by the time I was in sixth grade, I had the house to myself. Yeah. 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 Cause they were so much older than you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so really, if you do all those assessments, you have to fill in only child. Cause it's for, you know, you're the only child like Kinda. syndrome versus the youngest. Yeah. But I'm also, yeah, it's the baby you're of the both. family. You're both. Yeah. I'm both. <laughs> I'm all of it. Well, in your formative oh. years, you were still the baby of the family. Yeah. So those true. were, you had older siblings around you. Who yeah. babied you. Yeah. And yeah. yeah no, and you're the fun kid. I wouldn't say babied, more tortured. Oh, were they really? Mean? My brother was. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. We're, we're buds now, but. What did he do? Did you um, have a closet and lock it? Uh, no, but he like when he would babysit me. Oh he, no! Yeah, it was the worst because oh. he would like just make me mad to where mm. I would just like explode. But then he would pin me to the ground while I'm exploding, <gasps> and he would cover my mouth while I screamed, <gasps> like just while I screamed. And then like when he saw I was getting ready to take a breath, he'd pull his hand away so I could breathe, and then he'd <laughs> cover it up so I couldn't scream. I was like. This is formative stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not an only child. You were definitely yeah, the baby. Definitely the, the baby. Oh, yeah. No Torture. Yeah. Wow. But we're good now. <laughs> Did you have to be like, I forgive you? Or just that's how big, sis- that's big just, brothers yeah. are? That's just how it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then so, you moved. Oh, go ahead, Abby. Tell, well, I just, how did you um, then, you're going to church, but your dad's not. Mm-mm. Okay. So did that impact you at all? Seeing mom taking you, but dad staying at home? Were you ever like, yeah, why can't grow, I stay well, at home? Dad's yeah, growing home. up sometimes I'd be like, why can't I stay at home? And then every now and then my mom would be like, fine. Because she knew that it was so much more boring. Because <laughs> yeah. my dad, he would just like work in the garage mm-hmm. or watch NASCAR and so I thought it was going to be this like party, like getting to hang out with dad because he never goes. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was lame. And I knew that I was like a, like a second grader. I'm like, what? It's, this is so different, yes. you know? So it, my mom was like, she had some wisdom in that. Just seeing like, you're going to, I mean, I'm going to give you what you want and you're not going to like it. And she was right. And so. Cause there's some people that have to fight to get their kids to church. Yeah. And it, either in that situation or different and your solution, your suggestion is just make life really boring on Sunday if they have to stay home. Yeah. Cause I mean, come on, blue is like the best place to For be. Sure. Like Especially what? even just walking in the door. Y'all yeah. are like signs and you're like, yeah. Hey, even from when I park out in the parking lot, I'm like, Oh, blue's awake. Yeah. They're at the door. We're there. They're there. <laughs> the They're whole neighborhood there. knows we're Everybody going. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so how did, how did your testimony unfold? When explain to us like formation wise, when did you come to know the Lord? And when are you like this? I get it. Yeah. I'm in. And they well, could be in stages, right? It, yeah, it was definitely stages. I mean, yeah. there's some mile marker moments for sure. Because I remember, like, I came to faith when I was young, like kindergarten age. Um, ended up getting baptized, like, right before we moved to Texas. Uh, and I only remember that because, like, I got baptized and then we had some kind of church fellowship mm-hmm. thing in the basement. And I was like, wow, I got a party for being baptized. It was a going away party because we were moving. <laughs> like, uh, And so... I, that's, that's kind of how the time breaks out for me. And then, uh, I mean, I was a super shy kid. And so 
when I moved back to Kansas at, in second grade, that was like when the shell finally broke and I was like going to talk to people mm. out loud in public, you know? Oh. Um, but so I, I mean, I just stayed faithful in the church during that time. I think it was about, uh, sixth or seventh grade was when I was like, I'm starting to understand this, uh, as more than just this decision I made. Mm. Um, and then we moved to Houston when I was in high school and I got plugged into a church right away there. That was just, I mean, it was life changing and so it's affected how I do ministry even to this day. Um, but went to camp with them and that was when it was just like, God was like, all right, let's go, let's do this thing. Let's get you on fire for me. And, and honestly, that's never really stopped since then. You know, but now, hey, you were shy growing up. Yeah. At what point did you, you mentioned it. When did you realize you're not shy anymore? <laughs> I don't know. He's really not. He's not shy. So at what point in that, <laughs> in like in your youth group, did you break out of your shell and were you like, hey, I'm going to be the guy on stage or I just want to know the Bible or was that in college? Gosh, I don't even know. Um, I did a lot of stuff in high school, like mm-hmm. volunteer wise, like for VBS. I would do like all the drama skits and there was always like funny stuff. Oh, you just grew out of it. Just kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a big thing for you is camp. Yeah. Camp you, was so, huge. So like and summer they, camp. Yeah, summer camp mm-hmm. when you were a counselor. Mm-hmm. Because you, I mean, they pull counselors up on stage and you, people find out pretty quickly which are the ones <laughs> willing to do the crazy stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. And so explain a little bit about that because you went to Canacuck as yes, a counselor, right? I worked at Canacuck, which how'd is How did you a, get there? How did you, I, uh, how'd you discover Canacuck? Yeah, so I didn't even know it existed growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say camp, it's like church camp, like student life or super summer, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to A&M, they, they have this like this time of the year where like all the camps come and recruit. So yep. Kanakuk is there. Pine Cove is there. Sky Ranch is there. T-Bar M. Like mm-hmm. all of them. Um, and so I didn't even think about it. My mom sent me like a newspaper article about like, hey, consider summer camp. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I knew they were coming. So I went and checked it out and talked to the Kanakuk people and the Pine Cove people. And was just like, I don't know. I feel like this is what I need to do. Mm. Um and so that was 03. And I worked at Canacuck for four summers as a counselor um, all through like the end of college. It was one of the best jobs I had. Did you meet anybody special there? I sure did. Oh, who would that be? Just some great friends. Oh, just, just a yeah, whole group of Yeah, just a few great... long-term <laughs> no. acquaintances. Oh, long-term acquaintances. Yeah, Got yeah. it. No, it was awesome, dude. Like, So I met my wife there. Oh, you um, did. It was <laughs> super cool because um, I'd been working there for two years already. And then, so I knew kind of the, the way that work the week goes. Uh, yeah. And like, it's like, I know people, I know yeah. how this works. Kind you're like of deal. the cool guy now though. Not even cl- I've never been the cool guy. But yeah. Yeah. You're like totally strutting around. Like, I know what's no, about to happen. No, I have corn dog socks on right now. I am not the cool you're guy. Legit. And you have them rolled down. Yes. Because they're long. Tall. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the cool you know, guy. Anymore. Exactly. Right. You, <laughs> you know, the deal. if you roll your yeah. socks into your shoe, <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm fine with it. I've never been accused. Time. <laughs> you brought it up, not me. Well, I need visuals. Uh, but no, so so the, the year that I met my wife at camp was cool. Because like the year before was terrible. Like the worst year of my life. Like super dark, super depressing time. And so I got to camp um, that summer and I was doing my quiet time. And I was just like, I have drifted so far, like from where I know I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read Psalm 37, four, which says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And there's a comma there. So it's like, delight yourself in the Lord, comma, mm-hmm. and he'll give you the desires of your heart. 
And so I was like, this summer, all I want to do is focus on regaining that delight that I know I've had in, in Jesus. I was like, I don't care about the desires of my heart. My heart led me astray last year. You took the comma out and put a period. Yeah. I was like, delight yourself in the Lord. Lord. Done. Done. That's what we're doing this (laughs) summer. Mm -hmm. And, and I remember reading that and like, and I had like just a moment, like a quiet moment. I was like, okay, I'm resolved. Like this is, this is going to be my summer. Like my theme is delight yourself in the Lord because you haven't for so long. It's like, let's get back to that. Mm. And then I went to breakfast and I met my wife. <laughs> no, that's not like you went to breakfast. You met your wife. Like, were y'all like going through the buffet line, or you sat down? You saw her across the room. I saw her across the room. She had a green T-shirt on. Her hair was in pigtail braids. Oh yeah, kind of, camp. yeah like camp camp hairstyle. Yeah. Uh, and I walked over, and I was just like, "Hi, what's your name?" And what did yeah. said wife do? Well, she said April, April is her name. Yeah, her name's April, <laughs> and she told me her name, and I said, "Sweet, that's when I was born." <laughs> and she goes. Okay, and turn around, and <laughs> and that was it. That's when the magic s- began. And mm-hmm. yep, and she was dating somebody at the time. I didn't care. I was pursue, 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 pursue. Yeah, and then that's back when you put your cell phone number on Facebook, and so I found her on Facebook. I started calling her like all the time. MySpace or Facebook? Facebook. <laughs> MySpace. Yeah. Remember MySpace. I never had a MySpace. That was, that was the '90s. That was the '90s. Yeah, yeah. I remember MySpace. Yeah, I yeah, never I had one. Too. Okay, so then you put it on Facebook. Well, I called her. And you called Yeah, and she would return about one out of every seven phone calls. Mm. Yeah. And so that's all I happy. Wow. So she would return. So you literally wore her now. I did. Wow. And I think she would still say, I'm pretty worn out by now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. Let's circle back to something you talked about. That was good, Sean. But I don't think she would say that. Yes, she would. I guarantee it. Everybody always goes, you must laugh all the time at home with him. And she's like, no. She was over the other night. I enjoyed talking with her. She came over to Yeah, she had a good time out yeah. there. She brought the bread. The yeast rolls. The girls <laughs> oh, were very excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She loves um, that bread. I don't know. It was good stuff. It's going to be at my feasting table, too, in heaven. <laughs> and we okay. won't even gain weight. That's what's the I know. Best. We'll be yeah. glorified. We get, to, we get to eat just because we enjoy, enjoy it. it. Just because we love we it. Enjoy it. That's so fun. It. It's so fun. Okay. <laughs> so let's go back to the dark time that you referenced. What yeah. did that look like? What was that? Walk us through that kind of season. That's a fun transition from bread to dark time. Well, we'll so, come. It's manna. Sometimes they go to manna during the dark time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, so it was my junior year of college. So it was like 2004. You're at A&M. I'm at A&M. Yep. And uh, I got into a relationship that kind of took me to a place that ultimately I knew I shouldn't be and didn't want to be. Um, like a dating relationship. Yeah, a dating relationship with a girl that and it started out cool. Like we were like we met through ministry stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and and we would get together at coffee shops and talk like Old Testament and like try to define what does glory mean and tulip. What is, yeah, yeah, we would talk tulip. tulip. <laughs> <laughs> we would just prance among the tulips. <laughs> is that a song? I don't know, mm-hmm. but yeah. So it started out like that, and and it was like this is awesome. Like this is a cool kind of relationship where it's like all about like scripture and we're talking theology and it's just super cool. Like where I was, you know, in my faith at the time. Um, but then it started to turn and that started to go away and started to become something else. And through that, uh, I also started to like it, you know how like, like an autoimmune disease can just kind of get triggered by something. Oh, it does. That's and then, do. and mm-hmm. then it just You're becomes right. like, yeah. Like for me, it's not autoimmune, but it was like, uh, I quickly found out that we have a family history of like depression. Um, 
And so that was like a genetic trait for me that I was unaware of until this time in my life. That it was that crouching line waiting there, yeah. just waiting. Yeah. So once yeah. you call mom and say, Hey, well, like, yeah. Cause, cause what happened was like this, the relationship started to kind of erode my faith and so shame kind of took over and that started to just become this unbearable weight. And I was like crying all the time, had no idea why, mm-hmm. you know, and I, was, I called my mom and I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, well, you know, your dad has struggled with this and his mom and he like, and I was like, well, thanks for telling me now. Yes. Like that would have been great to know earlier mm-hmm. because I was just like, just kind of out of my mind. Like what is happening? That to had me? never happened to never. you before. Never. But if she had and- told you earlier, I it probably like, wouldn't oh, have clicked either. Yeah, it wouldn't have clicked. Good for you to reach out to mom. Aww. I mean, you could have wrestled it all by yourself. Well, yeah, it was like... just, it was a point where I was just like, this is not normal. Yeah. Because I was the fun, like, mm-hmm. up on stage, loud guy that, like, on campus, it's like, oh, yeah, he's the Bible study leader. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's the impact counselor. Oh, yeah, he's the Canicut guy. You know, and it was just like, that was my identity. So what'd mm-hmm. you do when you found out that there were two things? One, did you figure out too, it was the environment as well? It wasn't just genetic. Did you put those two together? Not immediately. Mm. No, that, that took some time to kind of piece together because in, in that relationship, I was like trying to seek out like, Hey, what is happening? Why do you think this is going on? And, and I would even wrestle through like, you know, is this happening because of the nature of our relationship and like trying to like, mm. like, I don't know. I was just all out of sorts, just mm-hmm. trying to figure all that out. It's and that, foggy when you're in the middle of it It's very yourself. foggy and it was scary. Yeah. And, and for me, like the, the reaction I had was to just isolate myself. Mm. Like Which I, is a normal reaction. Yeah. I mean, the very common, but I, I took it, I took it pretty far cause I started to quit all the ministries that oh. I was involved in. I stopped going to church. Like I just kind of pushed pause on everything mm-hmm. because the main, the main struggle I had at that time was like, I was on this track of like, I had already surrendered to ministry. I knew this is what I'm going to do with my life. But then because of all the, the depression and everything, I was being told in my mind, Hey, you actually just failed. Like you've disqualified yourself. Like God can't use you anymore. There's no way. I am worthless. I've screwed this up. I've destroyed any hope I have of being effective for the kingdom of God. So I might as well just punt all of it. And and then because of that, then I was like, well, now I have no purpose. Now I have no direction. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to go sit on my roof and sulk all night. You know, and that's, that's kind of how. Literally sitting on your roof. Yeah, literally. Like, because my house yeah. in college, we could crawl out on the roof and oh, yeah. yeah. And so I would just literally go get on the, the peak of the house. And it wasn't like, I'm going to jump because it wasn't that. It was just, I need to just be away from everything. This is that school year, and mm-hmm. then you go to camp over the summer. Mm-hmm. You sit down, you're having your quiet time. You're mm-hmm. like, I just want to pursue God. Mm-hmm. So was that where you say, like, did a switch kind of flip and yes. say, this, I need to just put this behind me and be done with the shame? Like, how did how did that switch flip so well right then? Wait, weren't you on a bridge somewhere? Well, yeah, it was a combination of things um, because, like, the worst part of that year was it was spring break, um, and we went to Yosemite because um, my parents were living in California at the time, and so me and this girl that I was dating and some of our friends, we all went out there. Mm. We're like, we're gonna go, just go go hiking and exploring over spring break, um, and so we're on this trail in Yosemite, and it's it's going up to like it's the the Mist Trail, which goes up to the top of Vernal Fall, and then it continues up to the top of Nevada Fall, and 
I have a picture of myself looking over the edge of Vernal Falls. And it was like at that time, I was the most depressed and so confused and mm. that I had ever been and just still trying to reconcile it all. Um, and it was just becoming one of those, like, I'm so alone. I am so worthless. I'm so mm. defeated mm. that I was just like, I don't know what to do. And so we kept hiking. We go up to the top of the, the Nevada falls and I got on the edge of that thing and I was just looking over the edge like, okay, I'm going to end my life right mm-hmm. here. Like, and I remember clearly like grabbing onto the rail and making sure I had a tight grip because I didn't want to like slip and like get my leg caught in the fence or something like that. And then everybody freak out like, oh my gosh, what were you doing? I wanted just to be like, oh, it's going to be a clean jump. Mm-hmm. And I was there on the edge, like literally a breath away from doing it. Cause I was hearing in my mind, just all this, like, like seething kind of whisper, like, just do it, just do it. Just, you're not worth it. You are worthless. You failed. You've ruined everything. And I was like, I know I have. And like tears are streaming down my face. Mm. And your friends are, they they're, they're know. off, like taking pictures, like looking at the trees well, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They had no idea that I was struggling that way. But I just remember clearly hearing the voice of Jesus say, I'm not done with you yet. Let go. And like, I was like getting ready to push up to go over the edge. And he goes, I'm not done. Let go. And I was like, <gasps> and it was just kind of like that snapped and it snapped me out of it. Mm. And just to, to know that the lies that I had believed for so long and then for Jesus to still be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, not done yet. Are you kidding me? Mm. I got so much more for you to do. Mm-hmm. And so it was that moment that started to shift the trajectory of the way my mind was going. Um, and so then when I got to camp, it was like two months later, like this, this was like, it rocked me. Like it really How'd you walk down? I mean, you're walking back down. What was that like? It, I don't remember it. I know. I just, I felt relief that I hadn't felt in a long time. Um, but I don't remember the walk down. I don't remember the drive back. I don't remember the flight back. I'm like none of that. And had you, did you share that with anybody Mm -mm. after it happened? Mm -mm. So, and it's interesting because we've had several people walk through these interviews or we've talked to a lot of people who have had difficult, like you're saying, major milestone experiences Mm -hmm. where they've thought about taking their life. Mm -hmm. And one thing that seems common is that they haven't, they didn't share it with anybody afterwards. Nope. And so after that, you're, it's you and God, right? So you're walking through this from Mm -hmm. that point. Mm -hmm. You're doing this alone, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so do you think that, I mean, how is that for you to rest, to have that moment and then not share it and then walk with the Lord on your own after? I mean, looking back, it was kind of weird, um, just not not having the language um, to be able to tell anybody I trusted, like, hey, this just happened. Like, I had great friends, and they were there with me through it all. Like, mm-hmm. they would come sit on the roof with me sometimes, Aww. you know, and, and just be there. Yeah. Um, and they're still best friends today, like... Yeah. Uh, so I still reach out to them and, but they, they also, since they were there, they understand the struggle. So it's not something I'm like, I'm cured, but like, I still have those moments where I'm like, golly, what, what do I do right now? And I'll mm-hmm. reach out to those guys and mm-hmm. they're super encouraging and super helpful. Um, but at the time, yeah, it was just like, okay, it's me and God. And, yeah. and that's when I was able to, to get to that point at camp where I was like, okay, I, I need to focus just on recapturing that delight because that's who I was Mm. and that's who I missed. And that's Mm -hmm. who I knew I could be. And so being in that community, being around camp, it was just a time of healing. You know, it was a, it was a great summer. Um, 
And not just because I met April, but like it was just a great summer. You well, know, healing. Because, I think you said it. Yeah. But, I mean, it was just you reengaging in your relationship with the Lord and yep. walking it with Him. Yeah. So it helped almost to be away from A and M where all that had happened for mm-hmm. the year. It helped to be out just in a different environment. Yeah. Because then when I was able to come back to it, it wasn't like I would see like, oh, I remember at this spot, this was what Mm -hmm. it it wasn't any of that. Like the baggage was kind of gone. It was just kind of relearning how how the grace of God has impacted my life and how grace is true. You know, like I didn't have to like Mm -hmm. earn my way back into God's favor. You know, cause that's one of the things that I struggled with the most was like, I feel like I've disqualified myself, but then having to relearn, like, no, God has called you to this, mm-hmm. which is a lie. R- yeah. That's a total the lie. Disqualification. The, the disqualification. deceiver is yeah. lying to you. And we believe yeah. that lie and God's like, yeah. actually, that's not true at all. Yeah. And the fact that he was like, you know what, not only am I not done with you, here's more opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been able to share this testimony like to so many mm-hmm. students and so many families. And it's been crazy because like there's always one kid that will always come up and go, thank you. Like, yeah. that's exactly what I'm feeling right now. And I said, all right, like, mm-hmm. I know I get it. And this is probably what you want to do because of that. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, like finally someone understands, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things I'm like, wow, even in my greatest weakness, mm-hmm. God is using God. that for his kingdom, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, I mean, that's why I'm so joyful now. Mm-hmm. And, and even that, like if that was only, probably five or six years ago that I started to believe I'm joyful again, you know, cause I was always like, I'm this angry person. It's like, but then people would call out like, you're one of the most joyful people I know. And I would be like, hold up. What, what are you seeing? Like, what are you seeing that I'm not mm-hmm. seeing? And so that became another thing, another one of those milestones in my life where God was just like, no, this is who you are. Like you need to remember that and you need to own that and you need to walk in that. So you've shared before you struggle with anger mm-hmm. um, too. explain. So I, I just get the impression too, the way God made you, you just feel intensely. Would you yes, say I do. Okay. He's a feeler. About, a feeler. Yeah, yeah. My everything. wife hates it when we go out to a restaurant and I love the food. Cause, you're Cause so I'll just be like, mm, <laughs> yeah, this is good. And I'll just You're chew it real slow. Guy next yeah. to us, going, "What is happening at this?" Like table? this is. A, I don't want everybody in the no. restaurant. Like this is a good steak, you know. And April's just like, "God, can you just eat?" <laughs> yeah, like I feel intensely about everything. <laughs> so good, I, I do. I think that's, there's people that just have big feelings. That's yeah. how they were made, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So I mean, that's part of your. You could call that joy or burden, I guess, to mm-hmm. bear, depending on what context or whatever. Mm-hmm. So how, how have you dealt with those big feelings? Like the anger struggles, you said the flip of that is Mm -hmm. the joy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like you're feeling intent, but you have a family. You've got three amazing girls. Mm -hmm. You've got a wife, you've got a busy life. Mm -hmm. Things don't always go the way you want. So people who struggle with anger or intense emotions, you know, life is going to throw you stuff. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle, how did you get better at managing your anger? I don't even know if I would say I'm better at it. Like oh, really? I still, yeah, I, I still get mad because it it is, it's an intense, like, like I'm a perfectionist too. And so I see the world through like, this is how it should be. And if it's not this way, mm. then it's like, what the heck is wrong with y'all? Which makes <laughs> it know? easy for you to shame yourself. It right. makes it easy for you to be, be angry yeah. at others. But that's just because, yeah. again. Yeah, because even if I don't live up to the should, yes. something's wrong with me. Like, why yes. didn't you do this better? Exactly. Yeah. There's a flip side of all that, right? Yeah. So, I mean, how do you handle all that? 
you have to you're working on it somehow so i am otherwise I it think, would take over your your, oh, your soul. yeah i would be just swamped yeah. in in yeah. emotion and it's like yeah. i don't got time for that <laughs> <laughs> you've also alluded mm-hmm. that you you and your family have struggled with depression mm-hmm. and so as if women that are listening their husbands might struggle with that yeah how do you help them I'm going to say the word manage, but that's probably not right. Manage, love a husband that struggles with depression that he may not even know he has depression. Right. So then there's right. two questions you have to answer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, those are good one, ones. Put them all together. <laughs> one, yeah, one is how, do you, how have you worked on this yourself? And two yeah. is how can you help someone married to someone who struggles with these intense emotions support yeah. them? And You're going to have to remind me of the second one because okay. the first one, like the way that, that I've found with – Dealing with anger, dealing with like, I'm like getting hit with this is the way things should be. And then when they, I mean, I work with teenagers professionally, so nothing is ever as it should be. (laughs) So I I have to just kind of like clench my fists and go, okay, I got to remember they're 13. (sighs) (laughs) It took me a long time to get where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I got a picture of myself as a 13 year old in my office just to remind me like you weren't always this way. (laughs) Yeah. See, that's one way you've done it visually. Yeah. Visually. um, But uh, honestly, like there, there've been some key things in scripture that have just become kind of a, almost a reflex to do and to pray. And there's one in second Corinthians 10, five that says we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Every, every, every. every. And so there are, there are times when I'll just be feeling down on myself or whatever and be like, no, 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 hold on, hold on. That's not who I am. So mm-hmm. Jesus, take that thought captive, make it obedient to Christ mm-hmm. And let me go on about my day because then when there's, there's authority in the word of God, you know? And so when, when you're able to wield that as a sword, like you should, you can actually start to fight back against the things that are just like, nah, you're worthless. You're, you're just this angry person. No, I'm not. That's my tendency. I'm a joyful guy. Mm -hmm. And God has called me to be that and has put me where I need to be. So it's like anything that comes into conflict with that, I'm like, hold on, this isn't, no, this isn't where I need to be tracking. Because I know this doesn't line up with the word of God. This doesn't line up with what God's word over me is. Uh, and so. So, do you I'll do, do that. that so much now, though, mm-hmm. that it's a part of practically your day to day stuff? So, when a situation happens, like mm-hmm. disciplining kids or, mm-hmm. you know, you're three or whatever, mm-hmm. we all know as parents, our kids are there as part of our sanctification, right? Yeah. And so. And they're a gift. And they're a gift. They're a gift, yeah. Uh, and so you're <laughs> saying for you, you've such made that such a part of, a part of what you do every day then. Yeah, yeah. And that be that's why I said it's like a reflex now. Because yeah. it's like I've seen God come through. Like as I've prayed he's that. He's true to his word. Is yeah, he actually saying? keeps he his actually word. He actually keeps his <laughs> yeah. promises. Imagine okay. that, yeah. yeah. He means like it. That. He yeah, means but it Yeah, but like being talks. able to see him uh-huh. answer that and say, yeah, like just – Try me in this. <laughs> like I did, and he proved himself faithful. Ta- that takes intentionality. It on does, your part, yeah. Right? And then there's another one. I don't remember the reference because we were talking about this earlier. Like I know scripture. I don't know the address of a mm-hmm. lot of it. But there's there's one that says, like, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, mm-hmm. whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if anything is admirable or worthy of praise, set your mind on these things. Mm-hmm. And so there are times when I will get lost in thought or self-loathing or yes. <laughs> some kind of criticism that I heard mm-hmm. or I took it the wrong way. And I'll be like, okay, is that true? Is that nope? Ooh, is that right? Yep. Is that pure? No, it's not. So mm-hmm. I need to set my mind it's on in Philippians four. Thank you. Philippians. Mm-hmm. I knew it was somewhere around Philippi- there. Yeah. But 
but yeah, so it's, it's really just, uh, I, I attack that stuff with scripture. And so I have to be diligent in reading it because the more I do, the more I see, Hey, these are the promises that God has made that God has kept in my life. So why wouldn't I take him at his word? Mm. And Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you mm. for my power is made perfect in weakness. I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I'm fine talking about my weaknesses. I don't have to be this guy on stage that has it all together because I know where I came from and I know what God's brought me through. Well, and I think that helped move to the second question, which is what yeah. were some kind of nuggets or helpful hints you would give to wives whose yeah. husbands are struggling. And one of them was time with depression yeah. and anxiety, all that and in, those intense emotions, mm-hmm. anger, probably even. And one of them is going to be time, right? Yeah. That and it doesn't happen overnight. It, like you were yeah, saying, it doesn't happen the change overnight. Takes no. some time. And that's probably one of the hardest things that I would say for probably some of these wives and moms that are listening is like, you want to care well, (laughs) you know, and and you don't want to see people in your family hurting. And like, for me, I know I I joked earlier that April's worn out. I'm not easy to live with. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm not. I mean, uh, there's times when I just want to shut down and shut everything out Mm -hmm. and just to recharge. And that's very hard for her because it's like, I just need to go shut myself in the closet, you know, and just turn on like a fan just to get some white noise and just block everything out. Mm. And it's like, Oh, but are you okay? I'm like, just, and I have to be like, please don't follow me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like you, if say, you, you have to tell, you yeah. have to be honest and say what you need. Yeah. And, that's and okay. so, but I think that's, that's part of the problem is like when, when I was depressed, I didn't have the language to talk about it. I didn't know what it was. Mm. I just knew something was wrong and sure. I'm trying to figure this out. I don't then also want to have to navigate how you feel about how I feel. Right. Cause I don't know how I feel. And so I, I think that would be one of the ways that, that wives can help if, if their husband is struggling with that is like, Hey, give them time, give them space. But just remember that isolation is the biggest enemy to that. And so don't just let them go off and do whatever they want. And if they react negatively, be like, okay, well, I guess that's what you need. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to step in and be like, no. You've done that long enough. Yeah, you've, you've been you've in had here your time. For, for 10, 15 minutes. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to be here for four days. You've had your time. Yes. You've had your, you don't need to go golf for nine hours a day. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to come home. Mm-hmm. You need to be. Like, for nine hours a day consecutively. Yeah. <laughs> they can right. go golf. Yeah, you can go golf. Can go I golf. play disc golf all the time. All the time. All the time. But to be absent yeah. for many days. And so that that is, that's a struggle. And that's something that we've had to work through. But that also is because I'm able to then recognize, like, I need this in order for me to come back to engage in the conversation that you need. And, and that, that took a lot of work on my part to figure that out. Yeah. Because sometimes it's, it is easier Mm -hmm. just to disengage and be done. Just to not talk about it. Just to not talk about it and say, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah. And so that's the other thing too, Mm -hmm. is like, how does April, April has to be involved in encouraging you yeah. to stay open. Right. Yeah. But it's not just the burden's not just on her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Like it's it's, it's on primarily you on me yeah. being able to communicate like, this is what I need right now because I'm, fe- and I'll tell her like, I'm feeling something and I don't know what it is. So give me a, give me a minute to try to figure that out. And then we can talk about it later if you want to. <laughs> that's good. That is good. Yeah, you're very advanced with your emotions <laughs> your and feeling. Yeah, you're your good tools. communicator there. Or you just had a good day for that one day. That yeah, you for did that, that one day. Uh-huh. The rest yeah. of the time, it's like leave me <laughs> alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm that. going for a drive, uh-huh. and that's okay too. That is okay to go for so a drive. Camp was a big part of you yeah. deciding to do ministry. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so, um, oh, yeah, we got to get to that part. Yeah, How do we end up here. We got to get part. We still, we got a little bit of time. <laughs> Move through that. Um, 
so camp was a big part of you deciding to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Tell us how it played a role in that. Um, cause even some, you know, camp has gone through, well, Canica, we don't need to get into it, but there's mm-hmm. been all kinds of things with camps, right. Mm-hmm. With abuse issues, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So some, some parents I think are scared to send their kids to camp, yeah. like, um, or scared of student ministry things mm-hmm. where their kids spend the night, like a D now or, mm-hmm. um, whatever those are. Tell us like, what is number one? What drove you to ministry through that? And number two, what's still the benefit of it today? Like, why do you think people should oh, yeah. still do it? Yeah, like it was like surrendering to ministry was just kind of a confluence of a bunch of things happening at the same time. Um, just because I had been uh, like doing ministry on campus. And I remember my freshman year of, of college, we had a college-led service at like New Year's kind of thing. You know, like when the church is just kind of like, hey, you guys want to preach? Here's the worst Sunday of the year. Like you can have this one. Right. <laughs> because now if yeah. you mess up really bad, it's not going to Yeah, it's, that there's much. not that many people there. That was before YouTube before existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's no record. I have a cassette tape of that sermon. Oh, uh, that's the greatest. Yeah, so I don't even know if it still works. But, but yeah, so my youth pastor was like, hey, you want to preach at that? And I was like, come again? I've never, never done that in my life. And, but he was like, all right, well you are. <laughs> and so I had like two weeks to prepare some message. And I was like, I think I finished in like seven minutes or something like really? that. It was the shortest sermon. And then the pastor was like, well, uh, are we going to do an altar call? Yeah. I was like, I guess. Uh, worship team, get up here. We yeah. need some songs. We need now. seven songs to fill this out <laughs> until lunchtime. But, but yeah, so that, but it was even, even that, how bad it was. There were still like some ladies in the church that came up and were like, that was so good. Like, I think you might have a gift in this. Aww. I was like, you're kidding. You are crazy. How did, what? But I was like, okay, thank you. That's real gracious of you, you know? And then just got more and more involved in stuff on campus. And, you know, just, just when I said yes to ministry, then I started doing more. Like I got involved in the children's ministry at the church I was attending and did like the Awana games. I was yes. the games leader oh, for fun. kindergarten through second did you grade. Memorize this verses then? Yeah. I, I, I was looking at their books over yeah, their shoulders. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you didn't memorize this word perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Neither did I. Give me my label so I can go iron on my vest. Yeah. <laughs> work through this. But yeah, I mean, it was just like just saying yes to a bunch of different types of ministry to see like, hey, what what are you actually calling me to? And through Kanakuk, I, I started working with the older kids at the one I was at. So it was like seventh grade was kind of that. And then I just found like I started gravitating towards working with middle school, working with teenagers. And that's just kind of how it's mm-hmm. been. But but yeah, like camp was amazing. Uh, just for the ability that, that me and my co-counselor had to build those relationships with those guys. And that's where like, I learned how to be intentional with kids. Um, and like, we would write them letters throughout the year mm. and, and stuff like that just to stay connected with them. Um, cause again, this is before any kind of social media, any, mm-hmm. any easy way to contact them. So it's like, we have your address. I'm going to write you a letter, you know, and, and, that's cool. um, but yeah, I, I loved it. I, I would send, I sent my own kids to camp when they came to, to Tulsa, they had like a, like a day camp throughout the week. And I was like, heck yeah, you guys go like, this is awesome. And, and they had great experiences with their counselors and, and all the stuff that they do. Like I say, absolutely still go for it. There's going to be, I mean, there's, there's things in place, you know, to, to try and curb and prevent all that stuff. And I think, I think now, uh, 
people are so much more aware of mm-hmm. what to look for mm-hmm. that I don't even think it's really like a concern if you go to camp or yeah. you go to D now or you go to anything mm-hmm. like that. I don't say it doesn't exist. Like it's not a concern. Like be vigilant and be diligent in that stuff. Yeah. But but it's not – there's not going to be – any cause to, to be like, Oh, are they going to be like alone in the boat dock in the middle of the night? No, no, no. <laughs> they're not. They put things in place. Yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's true. So now you ended up, um, you ended up here. You've been here for how long? Almost so, five years. But that wow, was a, kind crazy. of a dark journey too, to get here. Right. Wasn't yeah. that a season of life that was real dark also? Yeah. I yeah, got We're fired. having to remember to yeah. go through all this stuff. We'll just hit on that. Yes, and then we should, that. we'll do but our we lightning do, round questions. Yeah. But we do need to go ahead and, yeah, because um, that was another here. dark place. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I was after camp. Because you graduate mm-hmm. from A and M, and then you mm-hmm. go to seminary. Yeah, I got my master's through the Canuck Institute, Toot. and then started working at a church in St. Louis. I was there for two and a half years, and then went to Tulsa, and I was there for eight years. Um, and Tulsa is where you like matured in ministry. Mm-hmm. You grew that ministry; it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, yeah, I've got asked to resign from that place. Um, and it was rough because it was there was like a top tier leadership change and it got real toxic real quick. Like sixteen people on staff either quit or got fired oh, in like fair. a like a eighteen month period. And then it was just my one. turn. Yeah, yeah. It was just my turn to be and like you know, after being on church staff now for a long yeah. time. I mean, I've only been on this one ever, you know, but yeah. I feel blessed about that. You are together a lot. It's like yeah. they're your family. They're your extended family. Yeah. Like I'm and so and you're sharing deeply with each other a yeah. lot of times. So you must have felt like pieces oh. of your family were ripped apart. Yeah. I mean, eight years is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, honestly, that's that's something I still struggle with is like yeah. the fallout and the pain from that. And so that's something I'm still like, God, what do I do with this? Yeah. Because you know, it was like deep betrayal, deep hurt, all of that. But uh, so that was like July of, of 2017. And I went a solid eight months without a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and my wife was a teacher in Oklahoma, which is like 49th in teacher pay in the country. And so we're living off of her out salary. Out of the 50 states. Uh, the 49th, yeah, just yeah. clarifying. Out of, the, out of all 50 states and <laughs> one province. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> That's good. But yeah, and so that was just, that was a painful time. Because yeah. I would interview mm-hmm. and get told no. But you're and, flying. Like, you're willing to leave that area. Yeah. You're like, we'll go I anywhere even, the Lord wants yeah, to Yeah, I even interviewed in Alaska. <laughs> you know, wow. like, like, we were all over the place. But I got told no, or I said no, like, 20 times. Mm. And so it was just kind of like, I came from this place of, like, you are you are called to do this and everything's like celebrated. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the rug just gets yanked out from under mm-hmm. me. And now I'm hearing no, no, no for like the first time in my life, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just, it was a, it was a hard thing. And so I remember fall break of that year of 2017, all my leads had gone cold. Everything had been a no. And I was just like, I have nothing. Like I don't even have a resume sent out that I know of, <laughs> you know? And so I just said, you know what? I'm turning my phone off. It was another one of those time to time to reconnect with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I turned my phone off and just went fishing a whole lot. Um, and just prayed a whole lot, read my Bible a whole lot. You're trying to delight in the Lord. Trying to delight Back again. To Psalms. Yeah. Cause I was like, well, um, did you delight in fishing? Was that a eh, delightful? Event I mean, it was, it was a good activity. It was quiet. 
Yeah, it was and real you quiet. You probably needed some quiet. Yeah, I didn't like catching him because I don't know how to take him off the hook that well. We were talking about that with somebody <laughs> else we had on here. It is gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I get like a little in perch there. or something, okay. But like, I don't know the rest of it. I don't know how gross. to get the hook out. Uh-uh. Then if they swallow it, I'm like, well, it sucks to be you. And I know. Throw back. Go back in there. Well, on one of those fishing trips, when you had your phone off, I think you came back from it and there was yeah, a message from Chris Hurt. Yeah, that was this one. Yeah. Yeah. And it was six months to the day of me being let go. I had a voicemail from Chris saying, hey, this is Chris Hurd over at Frisco. First, we got your resume. Wanted to talk to you more about it. I'm like, you kidding me, right? And so then I, yeah, then I called them. Great interview. It was super fun. They found out I had a closet full of costumes. and Oh, that's right. And they're like, hold yeah, on. Let's talk about the costume thing. <laughs> yeah. And and then they tell me now. They're like, yeah, that was what kind of set you apart from everybody else. <laughs> That and the Aggie thing. Yeah. That's important. No, <laughs> not just the him. costume. <laughs> no, just, just the, the costumes. costumes. Yeah. Just the costumes. <laughs> and so, but then like, yeah, Chris came uh, up to Tulsa and we drove around and looked at a whole bunch of stuff, talked ministry and all that. And um, I got offered this position again, like to the day, mm. like seven months later or whatever. But it was like all of these happened on the same day of the month. That's cool. Yeah. What day? What's the number? Uh, 17th. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. And then I started here March uh, 18th mm. of 28 or March something of, of, 20, of 2018. 18. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. And then you were here a little bit and then the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of years yeah. and then, which is a whole other story. Yeah. Well, you I've, have I've to taken use all a lot your of costumes punches. on yeah. YouTube. Uh-huh. So that you was good. You guys got to be online with oh lots of costumes. Yeah. So and fun. it was so funny because we were even talking before that, like, we need to probably build up our YouTube presence. Well, there you go. And we then... loved it. Our house loved it. It was so great. <laughs> you know, we'd put a video out or what was it? Live we did a live show. We did like next show. door video. Yeah. We did. Yeah. So real quick, yeah. before we start on the other lightning round, the one thing yeah. we're asking people is what do you love most about ministry? And then what is the most challenging? So the first thing, what do you love most about ministry? I love, I mean, you had to fight for your spot in ministry dude, in a way. It sounds have, like yeah, emotionally, mentally, I'm taking a else. lot of punches in my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there has to be something that you're real passionate about yeah. that you love. To my, I mean, my it. passion is making disciples like nothing else in ministry really trumps that. The aha moments. Yeah. And I mean, we have fun along the way, you know, obviously, but, but I love knowing that I'm able to teach teach the Bible to students in a way where they're, they're being transformed by that, you know, and not just like large group stuff, but the like conversations we have in the van in Alaska or, Mm -hmm. um, just pulling a kid aside on serve day and being like, Hey, tell me about, you know, where you're at with Jesus, you know, or even just getting to pull kids out of small group because they're like interested in baptism. I get to hear their stories and walk with them through that. Like, I love, I love that. Like just, because I mean, it's youth ministry always gets a bad rap for being like pizza parties and all this. Like that's part of it. But like when you get down to it, like, man, we have, we have seen so much growth in our students just Mm -hmm. this year, even, you know, so many decisions. And there's like even middle schoolers that are saying, I feel called to ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm like, geez, really Mm -hmm. in seventh grade, I didn't figure that out till I was like 24, (laughs) you know? So, I mean, just that kind of stuff is it's life giving and Mm -hmm. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So the challenges? The challenge, I think, for me is, like, and I've already talked about, like, I see like I see things through a lens of this is how it should be, and I want tangible stuff. And so the challenge for me in ministry is, like, there's really no way to evaluate 
if someone's growing in their faith, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're There's a teacher, not, I, that's yeah. so hard. Yeah. I want a scoreboard. I, I yeah. talked with like, my daughter about this on the way to school <laughs> yeah. this morning. Yeah. Cause she was asking like, why, why when like, when people get baptized, sometimes their lives don't change. Yeah. And I said, well, it's because like spiritual growth isn't some just rocket straight up mm-hmm. to heaven. Right. It's like, it's, it is a rocket. Like, I mean, you guys have heard my story. I got punched a lot. Mm-hmm. Is she like you? Yeah. See, she's you, isn't she? She is. She's she a mini looks me. like me. She, she acts, acts like, like me. Yeah. So her thing is she's seen what it should be, yeah. which is you're baptized. You're part yeah. of the Lord's family. It's like, the body come on, of Christ, show some evidence. Your of life that. is yeah. this. <laughs> right. And yeah, yeah, so there you go. And so for me as a minister, I think that's, that's the hard thing is like, I don't have a tangible way to know if you're getting this. Mm-hmm. And that's a personal yeah. thing. Yeah. A personal growth. You're saying mm-hmm. that you have to adjust mm-hmm. for. Yeah. That's good. And everybody's different. Let's wrap up with a lightning round of questions. What is this? <laughs> I feel like you need a soundboard. Oh, we do. do. <laughs> we need all kinds of sound effects. <laughs> we do have this. I do want, I'll play this real fast. Do you like my lightning sound? <laughs> is that tip toe through the tulips? Tulips with isn't that like a World War One song or something? Yes, uh, it's like an yeah. old, old song, and there's one yeah. in French. <laughs> Maybe we can have that playing in the background. It's like Ring Around the Rosie. It's it. got some sinister background uh-huh. to it. Oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. Uh-huh. There it is. Tiptoe. That okay. used to be good. Well, maybe I can find <laughs> a different version. For a minute. <laughs> find a different we got to do that. We gotta what do is the last room. show that you binge-watched and loved? Uh, I'm currently binge-watching Titans. Which is a DC superhero show, oh, okay. dark and kind of Batman-y. I wouldn't yeah. watch it with your kids. Not it's not a, like a cute superhero thing. No, and the Teen Titans Go is what it's based on. Yeah. it's a cartoon. Yeah, and so it, this is not cartoony. No, I've heard not at, at all. all. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll pass on. Yeah. Pass on that one. What is yeah. something that people people often get wrong about you? That I'm always funny. Because you're saying you're not. Because I'm not. I mean, I feel like I am, but like I'm not. <laughs> it's not always like the high energy like everywhere mm-hmm. you go is a party kind of thing like i love my day off because <laughs> because mm-hmm. the girls are at school and it's just me at home like i love yeah like, you need and, that quiet yeah, space i don't i don't check my email i don't do oh, any and of that's that probably a really important thing for you and you probably build things in your garage i build things i go play disc golf i oh, do yeah. whatever people may yeah. not know that about you you're a really good yeah. builder he's like jesus he's a carpenter oh yeah <laughs> he's a carpenter. you know i like to say my mentor is jesus <laughs> Jesus, yeah. uh, jc what's that from meet the parents <laughs> yes. uh-huh. it totally is that's exactly right oh, my you gosh. know my man jc but yeah it's yeah i'm not always on yeah. So I feel like in, in this kind of role where like all people know of you is the stage But you version. are extroverted, right? Or are you kind of more introverted? <laughs> like yeah, people, yeah. you're more introverted than people realize. Yeah. Huh? I think yeah, in ministry yeah. you have to be because it's you have to for the people. Yeah. I don't know if we're all wired that way, but we step up in faith and yeah. become more extroverted. Become more because yeah. that's what God calls us to do. Yeah. But then we got to But in our flesh, we would rather be at home mm-hmm. being carpenters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you nailed thought. it. No, I struggle with it too. <laughs> what is your biggest Not pet me. peeve? I want to do VBS over again every time we're done. Every time. <laughs> every time. Noisy narratives all summer. I'm no. glad there's a year between it. <laughs> I'm like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. That's true. That's true. And that we need people like all of us yeah. to make the world Together. go round. So we're thankful for that. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh. My biggest pet peeve? It's it's a tie between two things. I think like one line cutters drive me nuts. Oh, that's for in real. traffic or like in anywhere. People, st- grown adults cut in line. Yeah, and I'm just like, do you call them out? Yeah, 
Good for you. I do. I wouldn't do it, but I love it. I just, they might I've, pull a gun on you. Someday. I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm going to call you out because like, I don't know. How do you, you do that? Are you like, hey, we see you? Ah, sometimes it depends you on. trip them as they're it, walking by you? <laughs> just kind of shove them a little bit. <laughs> I think oh. it's probably more like, hey, did you know there's a line? Yeah. The like, line starts. You think Sean's yeah. going to be like that? Hey, well, I don't, there's a line. <laughs> I don't see Sean me, doing that. Excuse me. Can I have everyone's attention? <laughs> it's not like passive aggressive, but it's really sarcastic. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I guess we don't matter. <laughs> no, you go ahead. You probably have a more important day than I do. Yeah. I'm sorry. That is a hundred percent passive aggressive and sarcastic all in the same line. You said you had two. What's your second one? Uh, when people say words with like letters that they don't have, like both oh. no, or wash. Oh, that's my like, mom. That stuff wash. drives me nuts. There's I can't no stand R. it either. Yeah. Wash. Yeah. It drives both. me crazy. Both is weird. Both. Okay, no, next question. The noisy narrative is about cutting through the noise and getting to the heart of the matter. What is your narrative right now? So kind of what season are you in? Fill in the blank. Blank narrative. I would say survival. Oh, survival yeah. narrative. You're just, you're surviving right now? Yeah. Having, having an eighth grader and a sixth grader yeah. in my home is very different been working with all the eighth graders and sixth graders I've ever worked with. That's true. That you get to send back to their home. Yes. But they have to you come home with You take yours with And they're female. Yes. And they come with other things. Uh, There's yeah. hormones. It is like whiplash city. Oh, yes. My sure. house. Absolutely. In my car. That's and right. they, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I will tell you that does calm down. Just eventually. That's what everybody's, and that's what but I've always said. It takes said. a while. I have counseled parents with those exact <laughs> yes, words for the like, last but it's 19 when it's years. You. Last <laughs> question. You are in heaven and you are looking down at your funeral. What do you hope people say about you? You cannot say that you were good and faithful servant or mm. that you love Jesus. What do I hope they say about me mm-hmm. at my funeral? That's uniquely Sean. He kept his word. Oh, that's good. That yeah. Good. Do you feel like, um, do you struggle with that at all? Or do you, it bugs no. you when other people don't maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like I struggle with that. I just want to be known for integrity and yeah. I want to be known as trustworthy. I'm like, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'll totally do this podcast. And they be like, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Something else came up. Like, yeah. I'm going to like, you were true to your word two times. Two. Do you want to be known maybe as maybe three? Maybe. Do you want to be <laughs> known as tiptoeing through the tulips? I want to be known as driving a tank through the tulips. You want to tiptoe through the tulips? <laughs> I don't to destroy the tulips. I don't know the last time I've tiptoed. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it from Noisy <laughs> Narratives. We are going to take you out with the tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> but thank you for listening. <laughs> Until next time, everybody. This is Noisy Narratives. Sounds out. like a bad Snow White. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Life can be a maze.